0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D, and today I have a horrible cold. I'm so sorry, but this is currently my voice, and I'm kind of stuck with it, and now, unfortunately, so are you. But the show must go on, so here we are. I'll be covering the case of Amber Ayaz and Melissa Fu in Irvine, California. Let's get right to it. On December 2nd of 2019, 42-year-old Chang Zhang walked into the Irvine Police Department with a harrowing story. His wife, 34-year-old Amber Ayaz, who also went by the name of Mei Yi Wu, and his 13-year-old stepdaughter Melissa Fu had been kidnapped from their residence in the area of Michelson and University in Irvine. Chang described a scene that sounded like it had been ripped straight out of a Hollywood movie. According to police reports obtained by the LA Times, Chang had been at the apartment with his stepdaughter Melissa when someone unexpectedly knocked at the door at around 4.30 p.m. He answered the door and standing in front of him was a man and a woman, both of Chinese descent and both of whom he didn't recognize. The woman held something in her right hand and the next thing he knew he felt a wet mist on his face. That was the last thing he remembered because after he had been sprayed in the face, he fell unconscious. He awoke on the dining room floor hours later to a nightmare. He was alone in the apartment, his 13-year-old stepdaughter was gone. His wife Amber wasn't there either, however her Ford Explorer was parked in the driveway in its usual spot. And what was even more disturbing were the bloodstains on the carpet and a bloody handprint on the kitchen wall, along with a handwritten note, which was written in Chinese, that said his wife and stepdaughter were okay, that they would be home in a few days, but if he contacted police, he wouldn't see them again. The note went on to include instructions. It read, Clean the apartment. Act normal. We are watching you. A miss that renders you unconscious, a double kidnapping, a bloody handprint, a ransom note demanding no ransom, but leaving clear instructions. I mean, all of that was jaw-dropping enough, but perhaps what shocked police even more is that Cheng had followed these instructions. The kidnapping hadn't taken place on that December 2nd day, but 10 days prior on Friday, November 22nd, 2019. And in those passing days, Chang had done what he was instructed. He had cleaned and removed patches of the carpet and attempted to remove the bloody handprint with bleach and when that failed, he painted over it. He went to Melissa's school and lied, telling the school that she was absent because she was sick. According to Chang, over the days after Amber and Melissa's abduction, the handwritten notes kept coming. He would always wake up to find that in the night, someone had slipped the notes under the apartment door and they had a running theme. Always repeating some version of they are fine, you will see them soon, followed by a set of instructions. One note read, clean the carpet, tidy the house, do as we say. Five days after the disappearances, Chang found a fifth note that said again his wife and stepdaughter were okay, but he should leave town and stay gone for two days. So Chang left, drove to Las Vegas, and stayed with a relative just as he was instructed. When he returned, he found the final note. It said, they are fine, clean the apartment again, clean the house again, you will see them Monday. Chang got back to cleaning, but Monday came and went with no sign of Amber or Melissa. So at that point, he contacted police. You'd think after hearing this story, investigators would have laughed him out of the interrogation room and straight into cuffs on the spot. But they didn't. As unbelievable as his story was, Chang appeared to be terrified that whoever had kidnapped his wife and stepdaughter were watching him, to the point that he spent the night at a couch at the police station, too afraid to return home. There was something about Chang and his story that left investigators a little uneasy with chalking the whole thing up to a double murderer with a wild imagination trying to cover his tracks. Guilty people get inventive with their stories all the time, And at first, it did seem entirely too far-fetched to be believable and the police called Chang out on it, telling him that the story was impossible, but he stuck to it. And maybe it wasn't so much the details of the story, but the way Chang told it. He seemed sincere, he was cooperative, and he was very afraid. But afraid of what? Was it the unknown assailants harming his family or coming back for him? Or was it fear of getting caught for whatever he had done to his wife and stepdaughter? Police weren't sure just yet. So they put surveillance on Chang Zhang and began digging into Amber and Chang's life to try to make sense of it all. It wasn't long before they uncovered something that raised eyebrows, or several somethings. Hey y'all, winter is here and I'm not gonna lie, it's not my thing. One of the worst parts is struggling to find the right temperature when I'm going to sleep. The heat's on and I don't want to be cold, but I also don't want to wake up drenched in sweat. Let me just tell you, I've found a way to avoid all that and stay the perfect temperature all night long using silver infused bed sheets by Miracle Made that were inspired by NASA. Using silver infused fabrics, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable too, without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. And with the holiday season quickly approaching, Miracle Sheets make the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. I mean, who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious-feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one. Go to TryMiracle.com slash Least to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40%. And if you use our promo Least at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash least and use the code least to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash least to treat yourself a friend or loved one this holiday season. According to Chinese media reports, Amber Ayaz was born Mei Yi Wu in Dalian, China. In 2005, she immigrated to the United States, and that's likely when she began going by the name of Amber Ayaz. I just want to point out here that there's nothing suspicious about the name change. In fact, it's common for those immigrating to the U.S. to take on a more Western name for a multitude of reasons, but mostly just to assimilate with the culture of their new home country. According to several studies, immigrants, especially those coming from countries in Asia, found that English speakers struggled to pronounce or spell non-English names, and for many it was just easier to choose a new American name. This tradition started in the early 1900s and it continues today. So, after her move from China, Mei Yi Wu became Amber Ayaz. I'm referring to her as Amber since that's the name used by the agencies investigating her case and all the American media reports. Anyhow, Amber moved to Chicago and soon after she got married. In 2007, she and her husband welcomed daughter Melissa. Tragedy struck and Amber's husband died unexpectedly. Some reports claim it was due to cancer and others to a brain bleed. Whatever the reason, this obviously devastated Amber. She was left raising her daughter alone with the rest of her family on the other side of the world. The timeline isn't exactly clear, but at some point, Amber and Melissa moved back to China to be around family. But things didn't work out and it wasn't long before they were back in the U.S. Amber took Melissa and started fresh in the bright lights of Las Vegas, Nevada. Again, there are some conflicting reports. Some outlets report that she married again and then divorced, and others make no mention of a second marriage before she met Chang Zhang. Regardless, we do know that while in Vegas, Amber Ayaz started a seafood grocery business. In 2017, she married Chang Zhang, but their relationship was less than perfect. According to reports, sometime after they were married, Amber had an affair with a man in China and the couple briefly separated. You see, Amber made frequent trips back to China to visit family, and it's assumed that's when the affair happened. But she and Cheng decided to work things out, and by 2018 they were back together again and living in Vegas. That was until the late summer of 2019, when the family packed up and moved to Irvine, California. Amber Ayaz continued running her seafood business. She frequently made trips to Las Vegas to pick up seafood and other groceries, drove them back to Irvine to sell them to local markets and businesses. That may sound a bit odd since California is definitely closer to the ocean than Las Vegas and there's no shortage of stores in Irvine. But it's not as odd as you might think. Fresh, exotic seafood, meats, and vegetables are flown into Sin City from all over the world on the daily. I'd never really thought about it before, but it makes sense considering the fact that Las Vegas is home to thousands of restaurants with cuisine from around the world. There are things you can get in Vegas that would be more difficult to find somewhere like Irvine. And as it turns out, on the day Chang claimed his wife disappeared, she was picking up a delivery from Vegas. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Many of Amber's customers were business owners of Chinese descent, so she relied heavily on WeChat to communicate with them. WeChat is a social media messaging app that not only has text, video, and voice calls, but users can share real-time location with friends, play games, and post almost like an Instagram story, which is known in the app as Moments. There's also a feature for international landline calls with a low rate. The app is extremely popular in China. Since most social media sites that we use in the Western world are blocked or heavily censored by the Chinese Communist Party. We're talking Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, and even TikTok, despite it being developed by a Chinese company. And it doesn't stop there Gmail, Spotify, Wikipedia, and even some news sites like the BBC have been banned in the country. And that's just a short list. The Communist Party heavily filters and monitors the information its citizens have access to. So WeChat has become one of the main apps used by the Chinese people. And of course, Amber Ayaz used it to communicate with her customers. While Amber ran her seafood business, Chang Zhang worked as an Uber driver. And though Amber claimed to her husband, and basically anyone who would listen, that her business was successful, and she had millions of dollars of investments, and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, the family relied mostly on Chang's income as an Uber driver. Which brings me to this point. As it turns out, Amber was pretty much flat broke. There were no million dollar investments, and there was no money in the bank. Investigators learned that pretty quickly. But this came as news to her husband, Chang Zhang. He fully believed his wife when she told him of her financial wealth. And it wasn't until after she went missing, according to what Chang told investigators, that he learned that his wife had been lying to him about her financial situation. He found out when they told him. And he wasn't the only one she had lied to. Irvine Police Detective Halder Laram spoke to the Los Angeles Times and stated, Amber told everybody in her life she had money. The detective went on to explain that through interviews conducted with those in Amber's life, they found that people were angry with her and felt they had been swindled. Some of them had even made threats. He didn't go into specifics, but you can see why this raised more than a few eyebrows. Had Amber gotten involved with the wrong people in order to keep up her charade of wealth? Or was it possible she had been targeted by someone who thought she had money only for them to harm her when they found out she didn't. This one fact introduced a slew of possibilities, and it shone a different light on the sudden move. The family had only been in Irvine roughly three months prior to Amber and Melissa's disappearance. Had Amber been running away from something in Las Vegas rather than running to something in Irvine, the move seemed rushed and kinda out of left field. And when they got to Irvine, Amber told friends and family that she was being followed by someone driving a black Cadillac. Who was in the black Cadillac? If police know, they aren't saying. And that takes us right back to the day of Amber and Melissa's disappearance. The holiday season is here, and with it comes gift-giving, lots of great food, and of course, dreaded holiday portraits. And you know anytime portraits are involved, your skin is going to decide now is its time to break out, or that wrinkle is going to decide now is its time to shine. Like last Christmas when this one wrinkle on my forehead decided to take center stage in every photo, literally every one. We are not doing that this Christmas. While we can't control other aspects of the holidays, we can make sure you feel confident and camera ready for your photos. That's why I'm excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. Whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you. I just got my customized treatment plan last month and I'm already seeing results. I told y'all a few weeks ago that the dreaded wrinkle had gone from lead role to supporting actor in just a few days. An update? It's almost gone. And the entire family is still loving our sunscreen from Apostrophe. If you're looking for a customized skincare routine, right now we have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash least when you use our code least. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash least and click get started. Then use code least at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you apostrophe for sponsoring this episode. As we know, it was November 22nd, 2019. Amber left that day to go pick up a delivery in Las Vegas. Thirteen-year-old Melissa and Chang Zhang were at the apartment. At 4.30 p.m., there was a knock at the door. The wet mist and Chang was rendered unconscious. He awoke to Melissa gone, bloodstains on the carpet, a bloody handprint on a wall in the kitchen, the note written in Chinese, and by this time, Amber's Ford Explorer was parked in its usual spot. According to Chang, when he looked inside the Explorer, the groceries were still in the car. And though I could find no mention in any of the reporting, it seems Amber's cell phone must have been in the car too. Because we do know that Chang accessed her WeChat account and sold the groceries to the customers Amber had already made arrangements with. It's either that or he had another way to access her app. We know that he then began following the orders in the note. He cleaned the apartment, actually cutting out the squares of carpet that were stained with blood and replacing them with new pieces. He attempted to scrub the blood off the wall with bleach and eventually painted over it. And the notes kept coming. Chang followed every demand. He took that trip to Vegas. He continued life as if nothing was wrong. And he told not a single soul until December 2nd when he eventually sat down with detectives. At some point, investigators went back to the apartment to process the scene. And Chang showed them exactly where the bloodstains he had cleaned up were. The new carpet was removed and underneath there were still bloodstains in the carpet pad. Later testing revealed the blood belonged to his wife Amber. He pointed out where the handprint had been, and according to Chinese news sources, the palm of the handprint appeared to be smaller than Amber's, Chang's, or even Melissa's. Investigators surveilled Chang extensively over the course of 44 days. Dozens of detectives took shifts to make sure they had eyes on him 24-7. They were waiting on him to slip up, but he never did. According to the LA Times, nearly every day he woke up at 7am and rarely left the apartment. He was seen smoking cigarettes on the patio and really not much else. Sometimes he shopped at the Zion Mart across the street from the apartment and took a jog around the block, but never in all that time did investigators see him do anything suspicious. But of course, Chang wasn't the only witness investigators were talking to. And though they didn't see Chang do anything suspicious, perhaps his neighbors did. One neighbor told detectives that he had seen Chang carrying a large cooler out of the apartment, and another neighbor spotted him taking out a large storage container. Chang claimed he was just cleaning out his apartment. And then there was the cut. When Chang Zhang first met with detectives, he had a jagged cut near his left thumb which definitely raised suspicions. But Chang told detectives he had been cutting meat when his cleaver slipped. He even demonstrated for officers with a knife, showing them how the dull edge had cut him. Even as the questions heated up, according to investigators, Chang remained 100% cooperative and provided them with whatever they needed and came in to talk whenever he was asked. Irvine Police Detective Gavin Hudson told the LA Times that Chang came to the station and voluntarily answered questions from morning to midnight, all while being observed by an FBI behaviorist. Not only that, but the detective went on to explain that when Chang was asked to take a surprise polygraph, he agreed immediately and showed no signs of deception. Chang had been interviewed for over 40 hours in the span of six weeks, all while he was being tailed by detectives. Yet his story never changed, not in the slightest. Detective Hudson stated to the outlet, He did not waver. We all came back and said, we can't tie him to this. Investigators couldn't tie Chang Zeng to the disappearance, but they couldn't tie anyone else to it either. So they asked the public to come forward with any information. The Irvine Police Department issued a press release on December 4th of 2019. However, the release didn't mention anything about an abduction. In fact, it only stated that Amber and her daughter Melissa were missing and that the circumstances surrounding their disappearances were under investigation. According to investigators, the tips were few and far between though. Although at some point, neighbors did tell police that they seen a Chinese couple who appeared to be in their 40s near the apartment complex around the time Amber and Melissa vanished. A year after that press release, an update was issued on December 17, 2020. This release revealed publicly for the first time that Irvine detectives had, quote, reason to believe the two were possibly kidnapped. It went on to briefly detail Chang's story about their disappearance, including the part about Chang being rendered unconscious by an unknown substance. Investigators released a description of the Chinese couple. The woman was described as being in her 40s, approximately 5'8", with an average build and black hair worn in a bun. The male was also in his 40s, approximately 5'10", 190 pounds, with an average build and short black hair. It went on to say that the couple may have been associated with a black Cadillac of an unknown model. At the same time, the FBI listed Amber and Melissa in their most wanted kidnappings and missing persons list, hoping to gain information. There was something that stuck out to me in the update from the Irvine Police Department and the missing persons flyer from the FBI. The time Amber and Melissa were last seen in the flyers was listed as 6 p.m. However, in Chang's story, he was rendered unconscious at around 4.30 p.m., Had someone else seen Amber and Melissa after Chang was knocked out, or is it just a mistake in the reporting? The truth is, I don't have a good answer. Make of it what you will. As the years have passed, investigators say they aren't getting much in the way of tips, and maybe that's partly due to the lack of coverage of this case. There's really only a handful of news articles and a few press releases to go on, which is disheartening because at the center of this case, is an innocent girl and her mom who are still missing. While investigators seem convinced that Amber and Melissa were abducted, there are other theories. The most obvious one being that Chang played a role in the disappearance of his wife and stepdaughter, and that his story was far too unbelievable to be true, especially that whole part about being knocked out for hours by some sort of misty unknown drug. And at first, that detail was one Irvine detectives found hard to believe too. Detective Hudson told the LA Times that he'd never heard of a spray knocking someone out. But, according to Hudson, the FBI said such a thing existed, and the LA Times listed fluethane as one possibility. And if it was used, it pointed to a kidnapping of unusual sophistication. According to the National Library of Medicine, fluethane, which is a brand name for halothane, is an inhalation anesthetic used in general anesthesia. The drug is no longer available in the United States, but still used in some developing countries. I do want to point out here that I could find no other cases involving halothane. And the drug is usually administered in a medical setting, the medication delivered through a mask which is obviously sealed to the patient's face. The patient is unconscious while breathing in halothane, but becomes conscious several minutes after the medication stops. According to Chang, he was unconscious for hours. The FBI obviously knows a whole hell of a lot more than me, but I could find no substance that can be breathed in that could render a person unconscious for a period of hours. And I'm probably on all sorts of lists for trying to find one. I did come across a few others, but those generally have to be administered orally to make someone unconscious. It doesn't exactly seem all that plausible. And if Chang is lying about that, then it's likely he's lying about everything else. But if Chang had done something to Amber and Melissa, why would he alert investigators to their disappearance in the first place and lead them right to the evidence in the apartment when he could have just disappeared himself without ever saying a word? Another theory is that Amber took her daughter and left voluntarily, whether that was to escape her relationship with Chang or to escape from someone or something else like a version of Gone Girl. Maybe she had gone back to China and was hiding out. But Amber and Melissa's passports were found in the apartment. None of Amber's bank accounts in China or America have been touched. And the FBI has no record of Amber or Melissa traveling anywhere. And they've checked. Beyond that, 13-year-old Melissa was very close to her grandmother. The two spoke daily. Melissa has made no contact with her grandmother since the day of her disappearance. The disappearance of Amber Ayaz and Melissa Fu is classified as a kidnapping. The case remains open and on the FBI's most wanted list. It seems investigators believe that the two were abducted and the motive for the abductions may have something to do with Amber's dishonesty about her financial situation. Maybe she owed someone money. Maybe she became a target because someone thought she had money and they became angry when they found out she didn't. Or maybe it's possible there was someone in her life that Chang didn't know about. Whatever the reason, a mother and daughter are missing, and they need to be found and brought home, no matter what that looks like. Chang Zhang has since moved to a different city and remains fearful of organized crime. The FBI is offering a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the location of Amber Ias and Melissa Fu. Amber Ayaz is 5 feet 9 inches tall, 180 pounds, with medium-length black hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a black shirt, black vest, fitted black pants with white writing, and light-colored shoes. Melissa Fu is 5 foot 11 inches, 200 pounds, with medium-length dark brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a black tracksuit. If you have any information, contact the FBI's Los Angeles Field Office at 310-477-6565. Tips may also be submitted anonymously online at tips.fbi.gov. If you're outside the U.S., you can contact the nearest American embassy or consulate. This case really has me baffled, and I'd love to hear what y'all think about it so be sure to head over to my Instagram at least underscore of these or my Facebook at least of these podcasts. That's all for today and I'll be off for Christmas over the next two weeks and hopefully I'll get rid of this cold, but I'll have a few of my favorite podcasters filling in. You can get all your episodes ad free just the way you like them for just $2 a month and as a member of Patreon, you'll be the first to be notified when new tiers will be launched with exclusive episodes and a few bonus surprises. Head on over to patreon.com slash these to support the show today. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a wonderful holiday season, and I'll see you right back here with an all-new episode after the break. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.